Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on? Podcast Nation is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very famous guest. I'm so excited to talk to this guest. Like he's shaking his head. Yes, he knows he's famous. He's he's internet famous. Actually, he is meta famous. I have the one, the only, the oh so famous, Mr. Bob Lanham with me. Bob, what's up? <laughs> I think you forgot the uh, 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 infamous part, but not the famous <laughs> the part. Infamous so part. let's go with infamous, maybe. <laughs> we'll with no, infamous. man, it's it's great to be here. I'm hoping that you're gonna. Um, change my background and the footage into a car driving yeah. around Vegas versus this. Hundred percent. I'm actually gonna make. It hopefully, all we orange. can do it in person sometime. We, I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna do it one of these days. We got real close a few times, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> I'll be able to travel sooner or later. Hey, Bob. For everyone out there that's watching and listening right now, and maybe kind of don't know who you are and your background and how you got started in the automotive industry, for like the three people out there, um, let's go. <laughs> Let's go ahead and kick it off with a little origin story. So, Bob, how did you get started in this crazy world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, I love this world. So I, I had the privilege to start in this business in the in the mid-90s when I graduated from college. And my first job was selling cars on the showroom floor. And uh, because I was the youngest uh, uh, seller at the time, I, I quickly became the internet manager, whatever the internet was <laughs> at the time for, for automotive retail, uh, moved to, moved to F and I manager and did some GM school training didn't complete it, but, uh, you know, was on my way of, of potentially maybe running a store at some point, but then I ventured out into the digital space as I saw that to grow and, uh, had the opportunity to work for what was CarPoint at the time, which turned into MSN autos. Uh, then I went to Yahoo Autos and then the bigger portfolio of the Yahoo properties. Uh, I went to Hulu. Uh, I was the privilege to be a part of Hulu from the beginning um, when we were doing zero in revenue to, to what we were doing five years later. That's cool. Uh, and here I am at Facebook. Been here seven years. Seven years. Facebook, a.k.a. the meta. That's right. I just, that, You know what? I, I caught said you. Facebook, I caught you, I? didn't I? Look at that. Thank you. This is this is gonna be, this is going to be the one little uh, tidbit that I get thrown out there. I'm like the one time I got Bob because I bet you get everybody on that one, don't you? You're like it's not Facebook yes, anymore. Yes, and I, I and I and I tend to say you know Bob Lanham with Meta, formerly known as Facebook, but man, I was in the zone and it you just were totally went. in the zone. <laughs> I just went. Hey Bob, man, we got some really cool topics we're going to jam about today, and this first one I, I think I think is a, is a very timely one. Right now, um, you know, especially with with what's going on in the industry, you know, uh, standardizing measurement, I, I think is huge, right? Measurement standardization. It's like, like, how do we get to that place? Um, you know, both of us have seen such wildly different approaches to the the way that we're measuring our marketing efforts and so on. And there ha we have to come to a place. I believe that we have to come to a place. I know you got thoughts on this too, where we can actually standardize standardize this. So. Now, when you hear measurement standardization, what's your first thoughts? Yeah, let me tell you the background of where my passion came in, in measurement standardization or, or somehow standardizing measurement. You know, I've had so many conversations with agencies and dealers or whoever. And, you know, I'll be in a room full of dealers and I'll, ha I'll have one dealer, you know, hey, your platform is the worst platform that I've ever advertised on. It never works. 
course. But then I'll have a dealer like sitting next to him or, 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 or down the, you know, the, the, the aisle say, you're crazy. It is my number one performing platform. And every time I hear that, I'm like, there should not be a huge variance like that. No. Like it just, that's just not how media works. So why is that? And, and usually when you dig into it, it's what strategies they're running, how it's being measured, mm-hmm. how the back end or the tagging is being measured. They're two completely different setups. So you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to oranges. And man, I see this every single day. Every single day I still see, well, I run a specific ad unit with Facebook and I'll go into the campaign. I'm like, well, you're not actually running that, right? You're running something completely different. And, you know, I looked at some of the the, the case studies that have come out in the past, uh, you know, some of the more recent ones. Um, and, and I'm just like, well, how do we know if, if everything's set up apples to apples to be able to compare it? So, you know, I've had a number of conversations with people in the industry and, and we all agree there has to be some form of uh, standardization in terms of measurement and, and set up to measure because we have this at the tier one level at the, mm-hmm. now, there's the IAB, the ANA, like there's governing bodies exactly. that require standardization. I'll tell this one story. I was at uh, um, MSN at the time, Microsoft. Some of you are probably saying, what, what the heck is MSN? What is he? Who is he? It was one of the three portals that existed at the time. <laughs> and the IAB uh, came out, which is the governing body, came out and said, hey, right now it's a free-for-all in ad unit sizes. Uh-uh. Like, we, we, we got to standardize this. Mm-hmm. And they came out with four ad units, four ad unit sizes that every website had to adhere to. And they had to rebuild their websites to accommodate, you know, these four sizes on their, on their, on their pages. So I think they just, we, we need to have some form of standardization. Well, I think the first thing is, is for people out there watching and listening, um, uh, we'll, let's go a little bit deeper into uh, what we're looking to be standardized. Um, right. Because, you know, to, to your point, you brought up a great, uh, a great point that, you know, data is kind of this ebb and flow of information. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Bob, as an agency, I can kind of, paint the picture of the data however I kind of want to paint the picture. I mean, let's face it, it is what it is, right? I mean, uh, because there are so many data points out there and because it is so accessible and customizable, um, you know, I can have, look over here, look over here. Don't look over there. Uh, Just look over here, you you know, and and we're seeing that. So, you know, for the people out there watching, listening, what – elements or which measurements would you like to see uh, get standardized within our marketing efforts? Yeah. And before I get to that, I mean, I, I loved what you just said, because that still happens today, right? right? Like we paint the picture however we want to paint it. And, and we, we create benchmarks to be whatever they, whatever they want to <laughs> be like, true. who's to say that's the real benchmark. So first and foremost, I think I would say in the digital space, we have to set up our tag correctly, our event management correctly, right? Uh, The schema of all of that, right? So that we can truly measure uh, VDP views and cost of VDP views and and lead gen and and all of the digital metrics equally by having the same setup. Mm -hmm. Now, the pages don't have to have the same setup or structure, but the measurement of events Right, have to have this have to have the same structure because, like you said, things can be structured in a way to paint the picture however we want it. So, first standardization is um, digitally 
and that that you know event setup or that tagging setup so we truly are measuring apples to apples second is just the overall media aspect and i had a conversation on this earlier today with with a general manager and i just said hey if i asked you right now within the next 10 minutes for you to send me um, a spreadsheet of all of the expenses that you have for your advertising and marketing could you do it He's like, no. And I was like, well, why not? Like it's one of your top expenses. So we have to come, come down to an understanding that media platforms do not work in a silo. They, they, they work holistically, they work together. So I would love to start standardizing uh, marketing mixes so we can start comparing it across the board. So we can say, Hey, this dealer spends heavily over here and not so heavy over here. What is their performance? Well, let's look at dealerships that may do it differently. Is their performance equal above or below? What can we learn from it? Cause right now it's the mm-hmm. wild west. Oh, yeah. People are like doing that. what they want when they want. And to your point, measuring however they want, which then determines what they buy. Wrong measurement equals equals maybe possibly wasted spend. So, so that's a good point. So as a dealer, uh, I mean, look, we're being, we're getting bombarded with a million different things as it is, right? And everything from operations to uh, whatever um, roof is being burnt down at that given moment. You know, uh, being in a dealership is somewhat controlled chaos all the time, you know? So it, it's how do we know um, or how are we able to identify? Maybe that's the question. That's what I'm looking for. How are we able to identify, all right, a agency or uh, a marketing individual coming to me with a, a series of measurements and say, yeah, that is what I want to see. What would- that, that's the purpose of standardization, right? Like we have to come to a, to a conclusion. Let me give you a, an example, a yeah, story. I'm yeah. a storyteller. It's, it's the best way for me to kind of get a point across. About four weeks ago, right before the holiday, I, I made a post on LinkedIn about measurement mm-hmm. and I used OTTCTV as an example. And let's be clear. I came from Hulu. I was there back in 2009. So some of us like, like to think we invented OTTCTV or at the very least we were the first to bring it, bring it to the market. Right. But the majority of OTT and CTV is non-clickable. Yes. So what's the measurement? So, so if we have an agency that has been selling performance performance-based marketing platforms and measuring a cost per lead and this, and then all of a sudden this new shiny object comes back, come, comes by and they're starting to sell that. And they're coming to me like, Oh, we got, we got big budgets for it. And what, okay, well, how you, how, how are you measuring? Well, it's, that's a brand play. Well, you've never sold brand before. Now all of a sudden that's a brand bank play. Cause you can't, cause you can't click on it. Like you can't, post measure it. So that's a perfect example of why we need some sort of standardization. And maybe that would fall in the marketing mix bucket, yeah, right? Yeah, because I, dig it. To- I dig it. Cause you know what I'm thinking we need a standardization. Um, you know, when I, when I was listening to it, I remember that post now too, cause I think I engaged it. And I remember there was some great back and forth actually in that post. So I'm thinking it was one of my that. most viral posts. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was some really good engagement in there. And I remember I remember several of the old school guys in there said something that was kind of similar to me. I was like, look, you got to kick it. You got to kick it back to reach and frequency. That's, I mean, it's so many like, well, what's the, (laughs) what's the goal of advertising? Well, to reach eyeballs. Yes. Well, what type of eyeballs? Because there's two, there's two trains of thought, right? There's not, I'm going to focus on a highly targetable audience Mm -hmm. because supposedly 
that audience is going to buy a car within the next 15 minutes. So I only want to target those people. But then you have people that truly understand, well, that's not how human behavior works. You have to build intent, grow intent, mm -hmm. drive intent. Well, well, how do you do that? We have to reach an audience right? That may not know about your product or service first and introduce them to your product or service because they haven't shown a signal that they're in market for your product or mm -hmm. service, right? No, no, that, so at the end, of I was going to say that that's a really good point. And I, I want to highlight that real fast um, because, you know, because when you think of audience, we almost need to standardize our approach to audience as well, right? You know, I was thinking back to that post, um, and I'm actually pulling it up on one of the other screens right now. <laughs> I'm reading through it while you're talking. Um, but, you know, as my wife walks by, <laughs> your wife, hi, hey, wife. Um, <laughs> um, but, but a lot of them were saying reach and frequency, but the performance of that reach and frequency is completely dependent on the audience that we're actually targeting. And that's, that's, that's where you're going with this. So, do you see kind of a standardization? in uh, almost kind of the reach and frequency, standardization in the way we approach an audience, and maybe a standardization in engage, engagement metrics. Would that make sense to you? Not necessarily as granular as you just mentioned okay. it, but you know, you talked about, you know, well, the performance is based off of the uh, audience that we're, we're reaching, right? Well, what's that performance? Because mm -hmm. maybe you're reaching an audience that didn't know about your product or service, or at least it needed to be reinforced that, that you're, you're the dealership down the street, but they're not ready to buy yet. They're still two months away. Well, there's great value in that reinforcement or introduction of your brand two or three months ahead of time. That's how TV makes so much money. Right. TV is bought with the understanding that, okay, I've got, supposedly I've got scale mm -hmm. we can debate that, right. We've <laughs> got reach, but we know that everybody's in market, but we're preparing them. So when they are, they're going to remember our brand. That's yep. Well, we can debate if TV is the best platform for that. I'd say no, but we can, we can debate that, but that's the point. You see what I'm saying? Like yes. we have, we have agencies that strictly focus on TV buying. Mm -hmm. but what do you think they're going to sell? Like what research do you think they're going to bring to the table? Like there's huge economics behind TV buying and, and, and TV production. Huge. Yes. Right. Unlike maybe other platforms where people can't make as much money. Now I'm not saying that's what drives decision-making, but maybe that's what drives decision-making. I, I don't know. So to answer your question, I think we need to, to standardize the, the measurement of the mix Right. Mm -hmm. And then because it's digital and we can tag it appropriately, we'll see what role TV had, what role radio had, what what role a brand based sure. Facebook buy had or reach and frequency buy had on the overall metrics of the mix. Yeah, we, we'll, we can get that overall one. So are you thinking more of like a standardization around engagement metrics? Because it seems like if there is a standardization, that's about the only, that's about the closest thing I feel like we have across the networks. Do you feel that way or no? Standardization of how we measure the engagement metrics. Yes. Right. Okay. How now, we yes. tag the engagement metrics so that if I have a Volkswagen dealer in Tennessee and a Volkswagen dealer in New York, if both their sites are tagged properly mm -hmm. and they have different media plans or media mixes, we'll be able to see what the true end result is. Unlike today where they're 
tagging could be completely different. So they're getting two completely different end results yes. that you just can't measure against uh, uh, accurately. I see what you're saying. Okay, now I, I get it. We're, I, you know, it's because the way that we are structuring um, the goals or the conversion goals or the events or ha- whatever word you want to use to describe um, that it's we're not able to effectively measure the engagement it's required to execute on these quote unquote goals. Uh, so that so then it just becomes incredibly disembogulated, right? Like the the engagement points are standard, but the way we measure those in, engagement points are not standard. That's right. Because listen, you might have a dealer that says, "Man, I, I had the highest amount of VDP traffic I've ever had in my entire life, but I sold less cars." Yes. Okay, so what was the point of driving so much traffic to your VDPs? How much money did you spend on that? This is the best way I always equate it. I used to say this in front of dealers all the time. Uh, can, can someone please give me what your average, average, not by pro- average close rate on form leads? 8%? Mm-hmm. Great. How much of your advertising and marketing budget is to, to generate lead forms? Oh, the majority. So you spend the majority of your advertising budget for 8% of your sales. I've never really looked at it that way. Well, we need to look at it that way. Like what did you do to create intent to create awareness for future sales? Because that's how human behavior works. Do you think the automotive industry struggles with this because, you know, we are so fixated on this magic word we call leads, you know, that we we almost want to like throw everything else. Like we throw everything else out the window and it's just like, well, but they're providing me names and phone numbers and email addresses. So it must be working. You know, is, is, is that, is that what's holding us up from evolving our understanding and approach to marketing? We were chatting before, before we, we went live on, man, we are part of one of the biggest transition <laughs> transitions this industry has ever seen. It'll be interesting to see who adapts and survives uh, and, and who doesn't. I don't think the concept of focusing all your efforts on the 30-day transaction is going to be the ones that survive. I, I think those who focus on uh, you know, short or near-term sales at the same time building you know, your, your efforts for long-term sales or even mid-term sales and understand how that advertising, that long-term sale advertising impacts your short-term sales. Those who understand that are going to not only probably win, but they're going to spend the least amount on marketing to survive. That's, it's, it's totally true. A hundred percent. You know, um, we are seeing kind of that, that cream rise to the top. We're seeing who the real operators are. And what I mean by operators, I'm not just talking about owners. I'm talking about in the marketing space as well. You know, um, I feel like we almost need like ping Dan from like Vista Dash just to come in real quick so we can have a little jam session with the three plus. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and what a role he plays right. in, in, and he and he's on the same page of looking yeah. to standardize, right? The 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 event, uh, the event or the engagement metrics, and um, we we need to, because he's not trying to see. Well, what I love about Vista Dash, he's not saying you should buy this over that or exactly. that over this. He just wants to provide you an agnostic platform that shows you the data so you as the Mr. and Mrs. Dealer can ask the right questions and make the right decisions on what you see is working. Now, 
I would like to up level it one level and say, well, we can't just look at digital in a silo. Yes. Let's take search for example, right? We all know, or I hope we all know, search captures the intent that is created outside of search. Mm -hmm. How many times have you gone to a search, a search engine and just said, hmm, what should I search for? <laughs> oh, Never. search made me search for, no, something brought, you know, something else some other platform introduced you to something for that, 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 that had you want to search for it. So those who under, it could have been TV. Like yes. I know I, 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 it could have been radio. It could have been a radio. Like you don't know unless you have a mix. Well, and, and that's a perfect segue kind of into our next topic too, right? When we're, we're going to talk about marketing mix, all right? And, and what that really looks like, you know, both of us have been very um, open and uh, very talkative about, Hey, there is no golden ticket. This isn't Willy Wonka. All right. You're not, we're, you're not out there unwrapping a hundred thousand different candy bars as you can find the golden ticket, right? It really is a mix of this, a mix of this. I actually call it the marketing stew. Um, because some things taste a little better together and some don't. So it, it's, it's cool. Actually, this is the one thing I really love about being an agency is this portion of it, right? Because like, like any other chef out there, we all are working with the same ingredients, right? Now, now how we mix those ingredients together can make a wildly different taste and, and product. So when, when you say kind of that marketing mix, you know, for everybody out there that's not familiar with what that is uh, you kind of want to go into let's go a little into kind of one-on-one what it is and then how we can actually improve it moving forward i loved your analogy because i also use the same <laughs> one in a video that i that i uh produced regarding you know what is a marketing mix uh, you know, how to create one and, and does it work? And uh, I use the example of baking a cake, your ingredients equal your media platforms that you buy. Right. And, and, and the, and the ingredients combined deliver the cake. Right. And like you said, depending on what quality of ingredients you put in mm -hmm. defines the quality of the cake. And, and one might say, well, you need eggs to create a cake, but, but I could say you, you don't necessarily need eggs because there are substitutes. Yeah. We, right? we eat a lot of vegan stuff. So I'll tell you right now, we eat a lot of cakes that don't have eggs. There you go. Now, some may, some may say, well, the replacement of that, I don't like it as much, right? And that could be a media platform uh, that you brought in to replace another media platform that you thought wasn't working. And you realized when you tasted the new cake with the new ingredients, man, it wasn't as good as the old one. <laughs> but, but you wouldn't know that until, unless you had the ingredients mapped out. Right. So let me give you a great example of this. You know, if, if I was a, 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 well, I am, but let, let's say I, you were a dealer and I, I'm the media partner coming in and I'm saying, Jason, my name is Bob Lanham. I'm with the best leads company ever. Like you have to buy me, Jason. My leads are the great. It's going to cost you $8,000 a month. Yep. You're, you're going to say, great. Your first question should be now, is that $8,000 that I'm going to, that I'm going to uh, uh, spend with you. Is that going to bring me incremental sales that, that I'm obviously going to at least make $8,000 in profit from, or are you suggesting that I replace one or two offerings that I'm currently buying mm -hmm. maybe for 8,000, maybe for more, maybe I'm buying something that's $20,000. I'm replacing it with your $8,000 offering. Right. So I'm saving 12,000, which just goes down to, to the PVR. 
right? Just goes right yep. down to the margin. And and maybe you perform just as well, if not better. So I have I win as the dealer. But no one ever asked that question. Like, Great, I'll try no. it. And then they measure that best leads ever company in a silo, not realizing that it cost them eight grand. It actually did. They didn't sell any more cars than they did the month before. So it's actually so focused loss. on the lead. They want to buy leads. They don't actually want to do marketing. You know what I mean? They don't want to like, work at it. They don't want to work at it, right? Like the, the intent behind marketing is to get the person to a place where they're willing to engage with us. They want to have meaningful conversation with us. I presented them a series of, of value propositions that said, yes, yeah, I want, I want to engage with you. Now, just tell me how to engage with you. You know, is it, is it a phone call? Is it, is it a messenger chat? Is it a, uh, is it a text message? You know, um, but that as an industry, we have not taken that approach. All right. We have looked at all of our marketing efforts need to do one thing. They need to provide me an ADF or XML email that has first name, last name, uh, address, email address, phone number, blood type, shoe size, and firstborn. And, and then once we get that information, we're like, oh, thank you so much for that. Here's an, here's an autoresponder. Um, <laughs> I'll get they off, just my, want to see I'll get off my soapbox now. But, but you know where I'm going with this. Like, like we need to get to real marketing with the intent of real engagement. So, and you know, Jason, when you I'm, hear that mix, what kind of strategies do you think of, you know? I, I am not against leads, right? Like, and, and, you know, yes, maybe okay. we need to you define don't have to. I what will. a lead is. Well, I think we just need to redefine the definition of a lead, but there you go. Nonetheless. But what, 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 what intrigues me is when I talk to that dealer that says, you know, I spend 80% of my advertising and marketing budget on a lead gen strategy that drives 8% of my sales. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> like th that's what I want to solve. Right, yes. because your mix is eighty percent lead gen, and you know who knows what the other twenty percent is. Probably, you know, search to measure the lead gen, right? But you know, as we start to understand media, uh, uh, how media works, and we compare that to consumer behavior, mm -hmm. we have to be introduced to products and services. It's the meet and greet. Yes. Most important aspect of the physical car sale. Okay. We have to be introduced. We have to earn its trust. You know, I wrote an article for Adweek, and I joked that I bought the $42 can opener, right, from Japan <laughs> off of an Instagram ad because, man, that ad was fantastic. I bought one of those fire It, it wasn't pits. really selling the can opener. Yeah. It was selling the benefits of why you needed this can opener. They didn't even show the price until I got the checkout. I was yeah. like, heck yeah, I got to have it. I don't care if it's 42 It probably costs three cents to make. But it's the story that you bought into. Well, right? I, I, look, no I, did, I did the exact same thing. Um, what was that one that was on Instagram for a long time? It was that, it was that fire pit, you know, kind of that big steel drum fire pit. I have, I have two, yes, I have two of them. I have one for here and then one for the cottage. And same thing. I wasn't looking for it. I really wasn't. No intention. You showed I, no signal. No signals that you were looking whatsoever. for a fire pit. I should now. Some will say, "Yeah, different, different purchase, higher, lower." It's the same. Listen, it, nobody. Well, that's what nobody, the mix is. See, people think that you know when we think of that funnel or that intent funnel, right? We have to focus on this wee little bit of piece down here, and dealerships don't believe that they can actually bring someone from just product introduction all the way down the funnel to true intent. You got it. I mean, I mean, listen, we, we know we, the, the, you cannot, you cannot debate the fact that people are willing to pay a premium for automobiles. 
Yeah, exactly. 89%, I got this from Cox, 89% of people who bought a car in the fourth quarter of last year paid MSRP or above. Mm -hmm. So so, so we know for a fact people are willing to pay pay a premium. So as the volume starts to come back, yes, I understand maybe the, the premium comes less, but are we just going to say, oh, no, let's just quickly go race to the bottom again and lower all of our prices and take the incentive money? Mm-hmm. After we just spent two years trying to build a process and, 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 and grow experience, right? The experience over price. So if you sell the experience and not the product, that's when things really change. And, you know, and I got to think, okay, for everyone out that's listening, I'm going to give you an automotive example of a company I think does this the best of the best of the best in automotive, and that's Porsche. All right, they sell the living crap out of the experience. The product just fulfills the experience. Is there any other examples maybe you throw out there? But, and would you agree, by the way, with that with Porsche? I don't know if you do or not. Well, well, well let, let's, let, let's take what you just said. You know, the, the product fulfills the experience. Mm-hmm. Let's bring that to the media media aspect of it, right? We need to think about strategies first and use products to fulfill the strategy. Mm-hmm. So many times, yeah. even within Meta, right? Hey, I, I get I get an email, I get a message from, from someone on a new product group. Hey, I'm on this new product group, we're designing this product. And the first thing I have to think of is, well, I don't sell products. Right? Mm-hmm. I sell why you should be executing humor be, uh, human behavior strategies on our platform like a brand strategy and how brand drives lo- a lower funnel strategy or a direct response strategy, which is your engagement strategy. They all work hand in hand. So how is that product going to fulfill one or two of my strategies that, that we present in the marketplace? I'm just not going to go out and just sell, Hey, we have a new lead gen ad. Exactly. Like, no, like we're going to sell a product that fulfills the strategy. So I, I love what you said about that. And I'm not, a, I'm not a, in market for a Porsche or, or a luxury, um, a luxury car buyer, uh, mainly because I have three kids and three, three colleges to pay for and a few bunch of other. Hopefully I'll you. get there one Bob, day. Bob, one day, one day. I will say, Bob, I actually have done one of the Porsche experience uh, days. Oh, and, in Atlanta? Oh, dude, is it amazing or what? It, like, well, I was nauseous after the test track <laughs> ride, but nonetheless, it, it it was beautiful. The whole the whole campus is is, the is whole, gorgeous. It's the whole experience, man. It gets just like I mean, like I I don't have one, but I will one day, and it's and it's because of that experience that is the reason why I'll do that. Um, sorry, anyways, I digress. Um, but I think going in from marketing mix, I want to make one little transition for you real quick, and I want to start talking about the role of the ad format. Uh, because I think the mix, I, I think we've driven home the fact that y- you need a mix, okay? And, and a mix with the understanding that people want to connect to a story before they connect to the product. And, you know, think that, you know, you can most definitely bring someone from the top uh, and intro them to the funnel and bring them all the way down. You don't have to target everything down completely here at the bottom. And then, you know, to your point, like you said earlier, marketing does not work in a 30-day cycle, all right? So get that out of your damn mind, all right. Um, but I think we can go even one step farther down the rabbit hole. We can talk about the role of the ad format because man, has there never been more formats for us to play with <laughs> than, than historically ever, you know, before, like you had newspaper, TV, and radio. That was it. That's the only formats you had. Now you have tons. So when I say the role of the ad format, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? What you just said, you know, you know, marketing should not be at a, at a 30 day 
cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because the, the the purchase intent is not on a 30-day cycle. That's not how people buy products, right? Yes, they might buy impulse buys for $42.99 that I saw on it. But they're not going to buy a seventy-five thousand dollar car, right? Within a within a, a, a one-second impulse buy. So, um, I love what you just said about that. You know, marketing shouldn't be at a thirty-day cycle simply because human behavior on how they buy automobiles is not on a on a thirty-day cycle. And let me let me tell you a quick story. So we so we mm-hmm. have the marketing mix, right? So so we understand everything that we're buying, and it goes back to that post that I made about measurement. Yes. Right. We have OTT CTV, which is a TV ad. Cool. Can't click on it. Okay. We'll figure out the measurement, but let's just dig a little bit deeper in in OTT CTV, right? Because every platform maybe might run a little bit differently. So my ad is a TV-esque ad. Yep. It runs in a commercial break. Yep. Well, how many commercials are in the commercial break? Well, one platform has six, one platform has two. Well, which one do you think is going to perform better? Probably the one with two. Why? Well, less is more, right? They're going to remember that ad because there's less clutter. Mm-hmm. Let's think of display, right? Everyone talks about, well, display works because we can target these hyper-focused audiences. Great. That's awesome. So, so you can supposedly reach someone that's going to buy a, buy a car the next day. Yep. Well, how are you reaching them? Well, it's display. It's an ad unit. Well, how many ads are on that page? Well, 62, right? Well, what sizes? A hundred of them. Like, like you, we've got to start. I'll never forget no, I this. Know. I was at Hulu at the time, and I don't remember who it was, but it was it was a gentleman that ran a very well known agency. I raised my hand then, and this is gosh, we're going seven, eight, like eleven years ago, and I said, you know, quick question for you because at that time Hulu had one ad per per, per commercial break, which was ninety percent less ad load than TV. It was one of our core value mm-hmm. propositions. Even when we went to two ads, we had 75% less ad load of TV. So our, what they call efficacy, right? Our sentiment was much, was much higher than TV ads format and, and anything else. Um, so that, that, that's was, that was one of our biggest sales was, was the ad format. Um, so I asked this gentleman, like, what role do you think the ad format plays? And you, you would have thought I asked him a question that was like in a different language. <laughs> and I just remember going like, man, like, we can't like, okay, audience is one thing, but how, how is the ad going to be delivered? Yes. Right. I, I was at a, I was at a meeting. I won't tell you the OEM um, because I don't have the, the presentation in front of me. So yeah, the, the CMO of the OEM did a phenomenal presentation and they were talking about, um, yeah, I won't call it out. This doesn't matter. I'm not here to do it. They were talking about a, a specific type of advertising mm-hmm. could have been social, could have been display, could have been TV. It doesn't matter. And they were talking about the human behavior uh, around this type of ad format. Uh, see, I like that conversation. And, and they were saying, did you know that 70% plus of people don't even know there are ads on the page? Mm-hmm. Well, so, so are we advertising, you know, is the bulk of our money going to a platform or ad format where 70% of people don't know there's ads? On? Let's take TV. This stat's been around forever, yep. right? Like 50% of, of people, when a commercial airs, what do they do? Look at their phones. Or go somewhere else. Yes. Yes, it's true. Go get a snack. <laughs> so we know this. is That's not a new stat. That's what we used to sell at Hulu. Our ads were non-skippable. You didn't have enough time to even do that. You couldn't pause it. I love that stat, by the way. But but I, I love where you're going here because I think this kind of really ties into that analogy we were talking about earlier of, of being the chef of your own marketing efforts, right? Is like, look, look, every ingredient has a role, 
All right, it it, it brings it brings a sweetness to the dish. It mellows it out, or brings a savory element to it, right? But you know, I, and I think that we have to look at you know when when we're being presented with a new ingredient, all right, what role does that ingredient have within my mix right now, and will it taste good, or am I leaning way too much salt? Not enough sweet, you know. It, you know. You, you know what I mean. I. I. I don't know. Do I I'm getting hungry, by the way. I think. I think we need. We're gonna have to go eat something after this. But. Done. <laughs> but 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 don't you think that's the approach? I mean, the dealerships need to stop looking at sparkly things. All right, and ask themselves what role does this play in that marketing stew that I'm trying to create, and and how can someone tell if the role makes sense for the, for their stew? It's funny when I made that measurement post, people were like you don't like OTT CTV. It's like I came from Hulu, man. I, I love. Oh, yeah, OTT. I didn't feel like that at all. Well, yeah, in, in fact, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like we have one of the best OTT CTV offerings at, at Facebook. It's just a little bit, you know, different. Um, so mm-hmm. the great question, which is right, like so, there's a lot of OT. You know, the, the buzz now in the market is OTT CTV. Great. Yes. It's non-clickable. Okay. Um, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy a package. It cost me thirty grand, twenty <laughs> grand, ten grand. Great. Are you replacing TV and radio for that 10 grand? Are you just adding the 10 grand to, to the mix? Like, how do you know if it's working when you can't click on it? Yes. Oh, well, I'm just going to look at the completion rate. Well, well, they all, you know, a lot complete have high completion rates. 100%. So, it could have, it could complete it, but does somebody remember the ad or do they have, do they have to like, work through the clutter of the six ads that were in that commercial break. Like we just have to get smarter. Listen, Jason, I've been challenging this industry for five plus years that, that I bet the average dealer could cut, not spend. And that's not to I'm take away anything no, no, from, from an agency. That's not to take away anything from anybody, but could cut anywhere between 30 and 50% of their advertising and marketing expense and still sell the same amount, if not more vehicles. I'm hundred percent with you on that. And let me, where I tell you, I'm going to let you know real quick where I think they should invest it. Um, here's what I'm seeing. And this is actually more from a, just my last personal experience. By the way, I just bought a truck. Um, now, I did not use my contacts in the industry. <laughs> I forced myself to just be, because how easy would it be just to put a post out there and say, hey, guys, I'm looking for a, a Nissan uh, Frontier Pro Max. If you got it, let me know. You know, like that would have been too easy. No, I said, I said, no, I'm going to be a customer. Right. Well, hold on. Why did you want a Nissan Pathfinder Pro Max or whatever? It was um, okay. I just like the way it looked. Okay. Honestly, I, I like the way it looked. How did you start to research what dealer you wanted to go after? Um, it, it came down to, well, I used the ones that I knew I was comfortable with. Right. And I've engaged with, and none of them had, none of them had the, the truck I was looking for. Right. And, and right now, because inventory being slim, no one's going to dealer trade anything. Right. So I engaged with several dealerships that I've never done business with. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, the biggest difference between all the dealerships I engaged and I engaged with about a dozen. Okay. Is, you know, some had some really good marketing efforts. Like I did the whole thing. Like, you know, I've literally put myself in, in market in their area. Right. I went to their website. I wanted to see what their remarketing ads were. I wanted to see what their email 
communications were. I wanted to see their willingness to provide me a buying option, not a sales process, a buying process, not a sales process. By the way, only like three were willing to provide me a buying process instead of a sales process. Like they, they, they had to have me show up at the dealership. They had to have me go through these six steps to do it. So 12 went down quickly to three, right? And then out of those three, I actually, is the communication was the key, right? So we're talking about all this marketing information. And this marketing, this, all the marketing strategies, marketing mix, the role of the ad format, and the intent is to get them to engage. And then that's where we fall off. We fall, we fall, we fall flat on our freaking faces. 12 dealerships that I have had no experience in so that my name would have never been in their, in their database. And my name's in a lot of dealerships databases because I drive five to 8,000 kilometers a month and get an oil change every single month. Um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, but I wasn't in those databases and their level of communications blew my mind. It just blew my mind. And that's where we're not investing. So we're investing to get an opportunity to have a conversation. We invest a lot of money. To your point, I think for sure we could be cutting 30, 50% and still be selling as many cars. But then we suck. We royally suck at the actual engagement. But I, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I just experienced it myself. The pro, so you just brought the sort of the optimization side of, of understanding what our expenditures are, advertising, marketing-wise, what opportunities it's driving, mm-hmm. and then how we measure that opportunity. That's that's the optimization side of, of, of the marketing mix, right, or the media mix. And you, you nailed it, right? Like, you could have the best media plan in the world, exactly. and you could be driving this great opportunity. But if, A, you can't measure it correctly, right? We wouldn't know if it's the best media plan in the world and or if your in-store process is set up incorrectly, then maybe that's the problem. But yeah. if we're not looking at all of this together, then 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 we would never know. Like you could say, and man, that's why TV, I you could say Facebook doesn't work, man. I'm actually declining. So when in fact, Facebook drove the most opportunity, but the process behind it actually failed. Yes. And I think this is where this, you know, our conversation before we went live of the evolution of this industry, this is where you're going to see, uh, I think, those who adopt and move up and those who who struggle and potentially sell is understanding how this entire ecosystem works as a whole. I mean, you've heard Mm -hmm. our good buddy, Brian Kramer, talk about data, data, data. Yep. Right. Data. Like, look at the data. What does the data tell us? And I, I said to him at one point, what if the data is wrong? Yeah. How do you know the data is set up? Data. <laughs> He's a like, great point. I'm like, and I wasn't even talking about advertising and marketing. I was just talking about it holistically. So um, and we all agree. This, this is why we need standardization for at least the digital measurement yes. side of the house. Uh, and then this is why we need to start creating marketing mixes so we can see how the two work hand in hand and then we can focus on the process. 100%. Hey, Bob, I know we're towards the tail end of our conversation today. Uh, We've covered some seriously cool topics. I know there's still a lot of meat on these bones of conversation (laughs) that we brought up today. So for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now and maybe would love to connect with you um, or even just kind of follow along with, with your journey, what's the best way to do so? 
Yeah, and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but the best way to follow me is on LinkedIn. I do try to use it to to not only uh, you know, put out what what's happening with with Meta, but challenge the industry. Be yes. challenged myself. I mean, I, I get a lot of comments and feedback of different ways of of thinking that I might have thought might not have thought of. And that's what I love about our industry, man. Most of people aren't afraid to to tell how they feel. And I'm a student of the game. It, it's the best way I, I learn. But you know, it's funny, a lot of a lot of the feedback and even some of the things I say is opinion feeling, you know, Tim Cox, our good buddy always says, well, we should have facts over feelings. Amen. Well, we can only have facts if we have data set up correctly right? Or media mixes set up correctly so we can start comparing. So um, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, that's the best way to go about it. And, you know, just engage, man. Let's make this, let's, let's, let's make the industry better. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.